Hey everyone, just wanted to jump in at the top of the episode with a little disclaimer. This is another long session. It's so long, in fact, we split it into two episodes. Yeah, I know, I didn't expect to have to follow through on what I said after the City of Mist episode so soon either, but the Dark Eye is a complex game with incredibly in-depth character creation. The good news is, this episode is the last time you have to hear the pre-recorded housekeeping notes at the end of the episode. You are currently listening to part one of two, and you can expect the next half to be published during our regularly scheduled time on October 5th. Anyway, enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, non-binaries of all ages, welcome to the show. This is How to Make a Literal Cat in Your Favorite RPG. If you're here to learn character creation, you're in the wrong place because we're doing cat creation. I am Joel Holland, your host. I am Austin Irwin, a co-host of sorts. Of sorts. He's here every week. I, I am. <laughs> he, he's, he's a host too. Thanks, Joel. <laughs> you're welcome. So... If uh, if you've never listened to an episode of this show before, well, this is an interesting place to start, I guess. You must really like this game that we that we advertised in the title, totally. For those of you who didn't read the title, we are about to play, and by play, I mean make a cat, in The Dark Eye, a German uh, dark fantasy role-playing game with an inverse D20 uh, dice check system. An inverse D20 dice check system? What is that, Joel? That means that your goal is to roll low instead of high. Mm, interesting. I know, right? Not a lot of games out there like that, but this is one of them. This is this is the, the one that does it. <laughs> um, there are no others. Zweihander does not exist. What are you talking about? Never heard of it. You're not missing out, trust me. I'm going to be real, anyway. though. I never actually heard of that one. <laughs> oh, I, I'm not kidding. You're not missing out. Okay. Uh. <laughs> All right, but this 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 episode isn't about that one. This one's about the Dark Eye. We're going to be focusing on it. Yep. This is the Dark Eye. Our goal is to roll low instead of high. We, uh, we want to make a cat in this game, just like we make in all the other games. Ah, uh, we do want to make a cat, but as with anything... We have rules. To break. Rules to break, but we also have rules for the show. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> and these rules are as follows. Rule number one. We accept no cop-outs. We are making a cat. This is the exact animal that comes to mind when I say the word cat. I mean the house pet. I don't mean a lion. I don't mean a tiger. I don't mean a tabaxi or any other anthrop anthropomorphic cat race you can come up with. We're just making a cat. No cop-outs. Correct. And rule number two is homebrew isn't real. If the rules do not explicitly allow it to happen, it counts as a rule broken. If we come across rules as written versus rules as intended, uh, we go with whichever one says no. Whichever one we have to break. Um, yep. So, like, if, if the rules don't explicitly say we can't play as a human, but things... Uh, really seem like they were made to work with humans and only humans, then we say we've broken the rule as intended. Exactly. 
uh, we had a situation like that in our last episode. Yes, we did. Now, rule number three. If the game includes stats for a literal cat, those stats must be used or adapted to the game's character sheet, if possible. We used to say that, like, you had to go digging for a different game that would have a, an equivalent thing, but that is too much work, so we're not doing that anymore. Except for this time, when I'm definitely going to go grab D&D's cat stat block to throw in here, because I'm pretty sure we could adapt it pretty easily. Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, rule number four. The character, class, background, playbook, job has to exist in the game's core rules or as part of, of an official expansion. We can't use homebrew classes. You know, somebody out there online is like, oh, hey, I made a cat for the dark eye. Uh, we, we can't use that. That's not canon. Exactly. If cats are not already a playable race, uh, we cannot use someone who's already homebrewed in cats as a playable race. Rule number five. The cat can learn any skill that is available to its class. So, like, just an example. We once had a cat on the show that could seal away people's superpowers. And we allowed this because it worked for an organization that trained people to seal away people's superpowers. We got that, uh... I, I don't even know what I was gonna say there. Uh, rule six. Uh, if a tool would be physically impossible for a literal cat to use, even if comically downsized for them, they cannot use it. Socket wrenches, no go. Uh, sledgehammers, probably not. They don't have opposable thumbs. Can't really hoist that over their shoulder. Um, Just like a regular hammer, though? Uh, no, still no opposable thumbs. Yeah, but they've got a mouth. Uh, yeah, they they could use their mouth. Probably wouldn't get much leverage on it, but they could use it. Yeah, probably better off, like, just, like, hitting things with their paws. But, I mean, to each their own. Mm -hmm. And finally, most importantly, we actually have to track how many rules we broke. We've had issues where we've just totally forgot to see if we broke any rules at the end. And, uh... Honestly, I don't know that we did. Yeah. For I... instance, uh, power outage. I don't think we broke a single rule to make that cat. Nope. I think we followed Unless... that one pretty closely. Yeah. there. You could make the argument that since we didn't actually give our cat superpowers, we just kind of gave it, like, comic exaggerations of things cats already do. <laughs> that maybe we broke that rule. But we like to think that all cats are heroes here at how to make a literal cat on your favorite RPG. Absolutely. We love cats here. We do. Like I said before, this is The Dark Eye. This is a game made by Ulysses Spiel. They're a German company. As far as I can tell, the history of this game is like, they were going to partner with uh, TSR back in the day to bring D&D &D over to Germany. The deal fell through. This got made instead. Mm. That... That is my understanding of this this game's origin story. It is also currently on its fifth edition. Wow. For those of you playing along at home. But the other cool thing about this game is, like, I don't know if this is still going on, but when I first heard about it, I saw this and thought it was so cool, that they keep a newsletter, uh, a gazette of players' adventures that happen in Aventuria, the uh, the world this game takes place in. So, like, players will submit their, like, their adventures and stuff, and anything that actually kind of makes sense with the world lore gets referenced in this newsletter. That's awesome. Yeah, again, I don't know if they're still doing that, or if I, like, perfectly understood the point of the newsletter, but it was, 
it was kind of cool that there was, at least for a while, something called, like, the Aventuria Gazette, and you could just go and read up on other people's adventures in the the game story world. Awesome. Use those, make them canon in your game, or at least some of them. <laughs> right. So, anyway. We, uh, you, uh, are you ready? You want to just go ahead and, uh, hop into this? Uh, yeah. Do we want to read the steps of the character creation? Um. I don't know, man. There's 15 of them. Yeah, I guess we should read them off. Okay, so, uh, step one. Decide which kind of hero to play. Cat. Step two. Choose experience level. Step three. Choose race. Cat. Step four. Choose culture. Step five. Allocate points to attributes. Step six, choose a profession. Oh, I think it's important to mention, this game doesn't have, like, hard and fast classes. You have race, culture, profession, and those give you, like, templates on skills that you can uh, buy with your with your points. But you're not required to just use the skills of your race, culture, and profession. You are absolutely free... To just, like, you, if you have a, if you're, like, a, an elf, and you are trying to learn magic of a different elf culture, I don't think you're allowed to do that. But, and humans can't learn elf magic in general. But, if you, like, if you're playing as an elf, you have access to, to your culture's, your culture's uh, abilities and stuff. You're not required to use, to use them. You can kind of just use whatever skills you want. From the skill list. And when you're leveling up, you're not required to stick with the profession and culture that you chose at the beginning of the game. If you have a narrative like explanation for like, okay, I'm learning a different culture. Uh, I'm, I've had the opportunity to study this. Then you can use your experience points to buy skills that don't necessarily match your opening build. Wow, so you get you get options in this game then you're mm-hmm. not locked in. We yeah, again, with a few exceptions, like mm. humans can't learn elf magic in general. Um Dang, rude. <laughs> yeah. You can just kind of pick up skills as you go. They're not like nothing nothing is specifically bound to a class. Uh it's encouraged at least to have a narrative justification for being able to do a certain something. But it's not, it's not like required that like, if you choose a a merchant profession, you don't have to stick to merchant based skills, Mm -hmm. which I think just a really cool feature of this game. Oh yeah. Sounds like it. But anyway, step one is, do we finish reading the steps? No, Uh, we got to step six. (laughs) My bad. My bad. I got sidetracked. So anyway, you said we read step six, choose a profession. Step seven, Mm -hmm. choose your advantages and disadvantages. Step eight, improve your abilities. Step nine, calculate combat technique values. Step 10, choose special abilities. Step 11, review choices. Step 12, calculate derived characteristics. Step 13, buy equipment. Step 14, choose your starting age. And finally, step 15, give your hero a name. Uh... I mentioned this before recording, but I'm going to mention it again. I find it so funny that a lot of the RPGs we have played, and I'm assuming are going to play, uh, have give your hero a name as the final step. Because personally, when I create characters, I 
do it completely opposite of the way most books tell you to and that i will create my hero create a backstory all of this and that and then i will go in and decide you know what fits my character but in this one uh we are deciding what kind of hero to play first so um. yeah i think uh i think it would be good like to think about the name like as we go kind of yeah so we're not just like getting to the end and realizing oh crap we still don't have an idea let's go let's go to the generators yeah <laughs> and while the generators is always a funny place to go to get names it might be good if we don't have to because someone has an idea that they come up with along the way yeah not that there's anything wrong with naming another cat ham true hey listen ham was straight off the dome yeah at anyway <laughs> so Step one is decide which kind of hero to play. Before juggling abilities, attributes, and other ratings, ask yourself what kind of hero you want to play. Nobody but you can answer this question, and all subsequent uh, all subsequent steps depend on your decision. So, like, if it if it helps you any, when I first learned about this system and exactly how it worked, I made a, a juvenile half elf character could do magic. Uh, except my whole thing with him is he didn't realize he was doing it. Oh. So, like, all of the spells that he learned, some some of them were just cantrips. Some of them were, like, the, uh, the cultural magic. But, like, all of the spells were either self-augmentation or things that happened when he physically touched something. Uh, and I, there's also a, uh, a character perk called Forbidden Gate which is basically blood magic. You can use your HP to uh, get mana. Oh. So, like, the idea with him is, like, since he didn't know he was casting magic, um, then if he ran out of mana, he wouldn't know He wouldn't know what the heck he was doing, and so he would just keep doing his self-augmentations. Oh, no. So he was just hurting himself in the process without mm -hmm. realizing Never got it. to play this character. Oh. Um, it was... Such a good character, though. I... Yeah, that's that's some pretty good design. Oh. Yeah, that was that was what I decided to do uh, at this step of the of the journey. Nice. What we're deciding to do is cat. That's it. Exactly. Well, we can come up with some other stuff for the cat. I mean, we could decide what kind of cat he is. Is he a merchant cat? Is he a a burglar cat? Is he or she? Does does this cat have a job? Does this, yeah, does this cat does this cat have a rich backstory full of prior employment and training? This man, like some of our other cats have had. You would not believe this cat's CV. <laughs> and we could always just try to do the uh the fantasy venture capitalist cat. I'm sorry, the what? The fantasy venture capitalist cat. I don't think I've heard of this. It's uh it's not a real thing. I just said a whole bunch of words together. Ah. But it's a fantasy world, and we could say that it's like, this cat is like the tech bro of, of fantasy world cats. Oh, um, gotcha. Or something. Amen. I don't think this is a good idea. No. <laughs> at least not for this world, but I'm just saying, it's it's loose enough that we could. Heard about that new oob coin popping off. <laughs> um. <laughs> um. Let's see. The game gives a few suggestions. Think about what you want to be in this game. Is it a scheming courtier? Uh, a charming scoundrel? 
a mighty magician, a fierce warrior, or a knight in shining armor. Well, this cat can't be a magician. Just a cat. Counterpoint. Mm -hmm. It could have been a witch's familiar and picked up a few things. Ooh, that's that's a good idea. To have it know, like, some cantrips. Yeah, yeah, why not? Do we want to go with that, then? I, are you into that idea? I, I'm very into that idea. <laughs> All right, I think we should do it. Step two, choose experience level. Before creating your hero, you need to decide on an experience level, which is abbreviated EL. EL determines the number of adventure points, abbreviated AP, you receive to create your hero. Attributes, skills, and other abilities all have adventure point costs, paid from your starting AP. You cannot have a negative AP balance upon he creating hero creation, but you may keep up to 10 AP in reserve to spend on future improvements. We suggest you discuss EL with your gaming group, uh, which unfortunately we can't do. Uh, Y'all are just going to have to spring this cat on your party and hope they accept it. Which, I mean, who wouldn't, but... Yeah, who doesn't want to have a cat in their game? Exactly. You're not required to all have the same uh, experience level, but it's recommended. I kind of think... Like, it recommends starting at uh, experience. I kind of think maybe if we're saying that it's a, a witch's familiar, we could start it at experienced. But I think it might make more sense to start at inexperienced or ordinary. Mm -hmm. Simply because we could always just say the cat had some other job for this witch besides just, like, learning magic. But yeah. if, we're, if the idea is to have a magic cat, then it might be better to have an inexperienced magic cat. Yeah, I think, I think inexperienced is probably our best play. Okay, so if we're going with inexperienced, our starting adventure points is 900 uh our maximum attribute value for each of our uh i think that's our stats is 12 our maximum skill value is 10 maximum combat technique is 8 maximum attribute total is 95 and the number the maximum number of spells or chants you can learn is 8 and you can't learn anything from anyone else's tradition as inexperienced now, if we wanted to make this a legendary cat, then we could have six skills from other traditions. But we've already made two legendary drop cats, so... That's true. I, re I really just think that starting with inexperienced is the way to go. Yeah. All right, step three is choose race. Now, here's, here's the issue. Uh, there are four races that are listed here. They are human, elf, half-elf, and dwarf. Um... I don't see cat listed. No, but same. The choose race option does say race is the hero's biological species, whether human, elf, dwarf, or something entirely different. True, but they only give us stat uh, values for human, elf, half elf, and dwarf. Mm. So this is uh, gonna be interesting. Yeah, this is this is a bit of a pickle. Uh, I think maybe, one moment, let me, uh, let me read through this just so I understand. Yeah, no, okay, I'm understanding that correctly. It's saying here that it costs 61 adventure points to play as a dwarf. Huh. Out of our starting 90. 900. Oh, 900, my bad. Still. Yeah, that's, that's a hefty price. Because that's what I was thinking, I was like, like, we could do dwarf technically, like the stats at uh -oh. least. Because it would just, that would make it a little guy. Just a little guy. 
I'm thinking we should base this on human. Think so? Yes. And my reasoning is even though Half-Elf has, like, very similar stuff, Half-Elf has access to elf traditions. Yeah. Um, or elf cultures. And I don't think it would make sense for our cat to have access to elf culture. That is fair. All right, so let's base this off human, and I assume we'll need to come back to this table at some point in order to figure out what LP, SPI, TOU, and MOB mean. Um, The nice thing about human is that it doesn't cost any adventure points, and we can increase one of our uh, maximum attribute values by one, uh, anyone we choose. So, like, normally, uh, inexperienced, our maximum attribute values are 12. For one stat, we can make that 13. Now, I do want to see if we can't just adapt the cat from D&D to this. Because they're both D20 games, and they don't have the same stat blocks, but they have comparable stat blocks, I think. So, what I see is that a cat has a strength of 3, a dex of 15 a con of 10, an intelligence of 3, a wisdom of 12, and a charisma of 7. Now, let me scroll up here a little bit in the book to the actual, like, attributes, because they are listed a little earlier in the book, and I will just read them off for for your convenience. The eight attributes. Courage is a measure of the hero's bravery and determination. Higher values represent a greater ability to resist magical spells and liturgical chants, and to stand tall in the face of danger. Courage is also a component of faith, because it makes it possible to believe that which cannot be seen, despite what others may think or say. Sagacity represents general knowledge, the ability to think logically and analytically, and the quality of the hero's memory. So I think sagacity translates basically to intelligence. Yeah. Intuition. This represents the hero's hunches and level of empathy, and also shows how well the character can cope with stress and make the right decisions in such situations. Knowing how to guide others is also a function of intuition. Uh, That kind of sounds like... It kind of seems like they split uh, wisdom into courage and intuition. Yeah, kind of getting that too. Although dexterity has also been split. We'll get to that in a second. Charisma includes personal magnetism, charm, and persuasiveness. You can sometimes derive a hero's physical attractiveness from charisma, but it's not a specific indicator of good or bad looks. Someone who is not noted for physical appearance can still be thought very attractive, and there are real beauties that seem to have no charisma at all. Dexterity measures the nimbleness of a hero's fingers and overall hand-eye coordination. This attribute reflects how well the character can use lockpicks, practice crafts, or shoot a bow. Agility measures a hero's bodily finesse, reflexes, reaction speed, and flexibility. Constitution represents a hero's stamina. Higher values grant more life points and greater resistance to poison and disease. Strength is raw muscle power and how well a character can use muscles to good effect. So again, a few of these have direct translations from Mm D&D. Others kind of don't. So we can, I think, adapt the cat stat block, at least in the areas that directly translate. And I think if we use just the ones that directly translate and then roll uh, correctly for everything else, or... However, it has us do it. Mm-hmm. Now, I do believe this is going to mean that our cat has several uh, moves that are in the negative that it just straight up can't use. But yeah, we'll deal with that later. Okay. Um, so, do you want me to go ahead and fill that in on our sheet here? Uh, yeah, sure. 
translated over. Um, yeah, can you read me those off real quick? Uh, one moment. Let I've got the cat stat block pulled up. Let's go through and make sure we're at, like we'll fill that in when we get to that step. Okay. So step three was choose race. We've chosen the race of cat, and we're loosely basing it off human while giving it the like we're giving it the humans perks and uh negatives but um we are also going to like just give it straight up the D cat stat block as closely as possible so step four is choose culture every hero is a member of a specific culture culture determines a hero's upbringing customs and worldviews. you can choose any culture that is typical for the hero's race if you would rather choose a different culture, you have to ask your game master for permission, which he will deny. Uh, cultures do not cost any AP. Cultural packages must be bought, but give your hero bonuses to certain skills. So, we need to choose from the human cultures. Okay. And those are, uh, I don't think they give, like, lore de descriptions here. We'll have to just kind of look at uh, the skills that come with the the package and decide if that's a good idea yeah and again we don't have to use all the skills that come in the cultural package at, unless we want to mm -hmm. i think it would be a good like simple way to just get some to start spending our ap points yeah yeah because this is like the first thing we need to focus on purchasing mm -hmm. yeah let's try and find one that kind of sounds like a human magic culture okay um, so, Ander Gaston is woodworking, orienting, plant lore, myths and legends, animal lore, survival. Mm. That kind of, I don't know, that sounds like a, uh, sounds like, like a close to nature kind of nature deal. Like Not really, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Iranian, seduction, gambling, streetwise, commerce, empathy, math, myths and legends, cloth working, fast talk. Mm. Uh, no, that just yeah. sounds like a casino. Yeah. Uh, Bornlander. Tracking, woodworking, prepare food, orienting, plant lore, survival, and arousing? Is that how you say that? Uh, yes. Man, what does that mean? Tom Tom Nook in Animal Crossing for the GameCube would just tell you to feel free to browse but try not to carouse, and I don't know what carouse means. I'm going to Google it. Okay. To drink liquor freely or excessively. Oh. Wild. Okay, I don't think our cat's going to be doing much carousing. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Uh, let's see. Fjarning. Intimidation, tracking, body control, earthen craft, feet of strength, metalworking, orienting, self-control, survival. Kind of like a blacksmith type deal. Kind of sounds like it, yeah. Uh, Cyclopean. I think that's how you say, pronounce that? Cyclopean, however. Sailing. Fishing, history, religions, music, math, law, myths, myths and legends, uh, and dancing. It's a, a well-rounded uh, person right there. Yeah. And we got Horatian, which is seduction, sailing, etiquette, streetwise, geography, history, commerce, mechanics, math, law, dancing. Kind of a, kind of sounds like a pirate or a privateer. Mm-hmm might come from that culture uh moroscan the religions treat poison orienting plant lore animal lore stealth and survival um, hmm. that one could work but could work let's let's 
The put, re- a, put a tab. The, the on only that. reason I would even consider that one is the uh, the treat poison. Yeah, same. But yeah, let's uh, put a tab on that one. Mahandastani, uh, kind of. It kind of sounds like it's like a whatever this game's world world's uh, version of a Middle Eastern area is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I like straight up. That's just what it looks like. Yeah. I don't even know if that means anything, but like gambling, streetwise, history, religions, commerce, magical lore, myths and legends, fast talk. Okay, this one actually has magical lore. Yeah. That's a maybe. Uh, let's see. Midden Realmer. Uh, woodworking, metalworking, plant lore, cloth working, and animal. Definitely another craftsman type deal. Yeah. Moha is uh, tracking, treat poison, body control, orienting, plant lore, myths and legends, perception, animal lore, stealth, and survival. Mm, not bad. Yeah, it's not really a magical skill set, but yeah. yeah. Um, Navis, uh, tracking, driving, orienting, plant lore, myths and legends, perception, animal lore, stealth, and survival. Hmm, not bad. Yep. Norbard. Driving, geometry, oh, geography, sorry. <laughs> Commerce, orienting, fast talk, and survival. Yeah. That kind of sounds like a like a, a traveling merchant kind of deal. Yeah. Uh, North Aventurian. Uh, tracking, commerce, woodworking, leatherworking, orienting, plant lore, self-control, animal lore, survival, and carousing. Another one of those carousers. Yep. The Anastrian is fishing, orienting, plant lore, myths and legends, animal lore, survival. Fisherman. Uh, Novati. Intimidation, tracking, orienting, law, writing, animal lore, and survival. Cowboys. Cowboys. Always cowboys. Uh, Southern Aventurian. Seduction, sailing, fishing, streetwise, treat poison, empathy, fast talk, willpower. Again, kind of sounds like pirates. Mm Mm-hmm. How many of these guys are pirates? I don't know. I've seen two uh, cultures that I thought, huh, this sounds like the pirate culture. Next one is Svelter. Um, tracking, driving, orienting, plant lore, missing legends, animal lore, and survival. Hmm. Thorwaller, the final human culture. Sailing, intimidation, fishing, geography, woodworking, feet of strength, orienting, myths and legends, and carousing. I really think that, what was the one that we saw up here, uh, Maraxon? Yeah, Maraxon. The religions treat poison, orienting, plant lore. Yeah, that one's a good one. survival. What's the only other one that we saw with magic? Oh, it was the one right under it, the Mahandistani. Yeah, but, like, if if we do that one, I kind of don't think we should take the package, just because I don't know that we'd benefit from having a gambling plus two. Yeah, no, me neither. We can do Maroxin, because I feel like that'd work well as, I agree. as the package, or as a package. Alright, Maraskin. Okay, yeah, I got that. It's like Alaskan, our... except Mara at the beginning instead of Ala. Which, if you know your if you know your deities, uh, Mara is an interesting thing to replace that with. Hmm, I don't know. And if I... you don't, then go play a Shin Megami Tensei game. I'll I'll have to find one. (laughs) Alright, step five. Allocating attributes. The meat of a character is its attributes. Mm -hmm. Heroes start with a value of eight in all attributes. Um, Each additional point must be paid for with AP. 
each attribute point up to a value of 14 costs 15 AP, while cost while the cost rises for each attribute point above 14. See the cost of attributes chart below. So the highest value we can have if we're playing an inexperienced cat is 12, and we have one stat which can exceed that by one point. So we will not have any stat above 13. Gotcha. Um, if we want to fill in just like our cat's stat block now and then retroactively like adjust things as needed to fit, mm-hmm. then we have strength as three, which I, I don't think we're going to be allowed to do that. So we can either break the rule and have a three strength or we can bump it up to eight. I'll let you decide. Um, well, if we're just adapting for now, let's go ahead and bump it up to eight. Okay. All right. So the next stat is dex at 15. We're going to have to bump that down to either 12 or 13. Mm, put it at 12 for now, just in case there's a stat we come across that we want as our 13. Yeah. Constitution is 10. We can do that. Intelligence is three, so if you're bumping strength up to eight, you may as well bump intelligence up to eight. Okay. Wisdom is and uh intelligence in uh uh the dark eye doesn't have an intelligence stat, it has the sagacity stat, so uh I think INT stands for intuition yeah. in Dark Eye. Yeah. Uh which is what we determined like courage and intuition were kind of like the two things that it seemed like wisdom was split from, and wisdom on our cat is 12. Uh, so do we want to put 12s in both of those? We could. Do you think that a cat would have a courage rating of 12? Mm. I think a cat could, I think you could make an argument for a cat having an intuition rating of 12. Yeah. Easily. The courage, I will leave up to you. I think, I think you're right. Definitely not a 12. Because the phrase "scaredy cat" does exist, um, <laughs> yeah. Um, maybe they pick their they pick their battles very carefully. I would, I guess, start that off as an eight, and we'll yeah. I was gonna say eight or nine. Go maybe. from there, and then charisma on a cat is seven, so that's not a huge bump up to eight. Mm-hmm. And what are we missing? Agility. Agility. Um, go ahead and put that as twelve as well, because uh, dexterity is kind of a uh, split into dexterity and agility in this game. Like dexterity is good with your hands. Agility is kind of what you think of dexterity as in D and D. Actually, we could make our dexterity an eight if it's if the idea behind it is like it's the the good with hands stat because our cat doesn't have hands. Thank goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. <laughs> cat with hum- human hands would suck. <laughs> yeah. Um. So in terms, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna bring it up. Not gonna, nope. I'm not gonna I, bring up face cat and hand. Dog. Yeah, I was about to say, I know exactly what you're thinking of. Um, but it's okay. We're not gonna bring it up. Nope. Not gonna worry about it. Oh, um, nope. So these attribute costs. So each point up to fourteen costs fifteen AP. Yep. So every point above eight uh, costs fifteen points. Okay. So. Currently, we're spending 45 points. And remember, one of these stats is allowed to be 13. Right. What stat do we think would be 13? 
It can either be uh, agility or intuition, and my vote would be agility. Same here. Could be 800 then points left over. Oh, is it 15 for one and then 15 for two and then 15 for three, or is it? Yes. Oh, okay. So wait a minute. You've got uh, four, five, six, seven, right? Yes. No. Well, there's, four, eight, there's eight different na- attributes. Four, nine, 11. So what's 15 times 11? Let me get a calculator. Way too much. 165. Okay. So 90 minus 165, or 900. 735. Is 735. So you have 735 points left over. Gotcha. Okay. Yes. So, are we happy with the with these stats? I believe so. Okay. Um, so, we're on to step six, then? Uh, yes. Step six. Choose a profession. Before starting out on adventuring careers, the heroes have already learned some of the tricks of their trades. This is covered by professions, which represent the time heroes spent doing things like studying under powerful mages, learning the arts of war from skilled commanders, or serving as apprentices to infamous thieves. Professions reflect skills important to the hero, whether with weapons, lockpicks, or, if mages are blessed ones, spells or chants. The professions listed in this book are only a sample of the endless endless possibilities offered by life in Aventuria. If you cannot find a profession that suits your hero best, do not hesitate to modify an existing profession or create an entirely new one. However, you should discuss your ideas with your GM first, who is going to tell you it's breaking a rule. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, you know what? It's it's uh, It doesn't violate rules as written or intended, because they say here that you can just do it. <laughs> That's true. So it is written and intended to make your own stuff up. Exactly. So, uh, let's see. Where Do we have a like a table of professions? Yes, that is correct. It is page 27. 127. Yep. Okay. So... Alright, so our cat is the familiar slash apprentice to a witch, correct? Correct. So I do not believe we have a mundane profession. No. Profession no, we... would be more than that. Yeah. We should scroll down past the mundanes. Magical profession starts on go. page 144. Got it. We've got Spellweaver. Spellweavers primarily occupy themselves with their people's magic and are almost considered the magical elite among, among the elves. Even though they are familiar with the spells and magical songs of their people these days, they only know a small fra- fragment of the magic once available to the high elves. So it sounds like this is like an elf uh, class. Yeah. Let's see. Our next one is Wild Runner. Wild Runners are hunters charged with procuring food and protecting their families from harm. They develop a deadly talent for archery like no others. Uh, and hit their targets even in the furthest distances. They are familiar with the wild surrounding their village. They are loners who prefer solitude of the trees, the ice, homes. So that sounds more like a ranger than a real magic class. But... Oh my gosh, oh, Joel, hey, the next, know? the next class. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the next one is Cat Witch. <laughs> I think we found it. But anyway, this... let's read this. Uh... Yeah, go for it. <laughs> Unlike most other witches. Why does this just give like a description of one, uh, one class, a uh, one person, whatever? I, I Unlike know. most other witches, Endora Selfani is genuinely pretty and doesn't shy away from the public. She's an experienced socialite who teaches her students good manners in addition to the magical arts of uh, Saturaria. She belongs to the Sisterhood of the Be- Beauties of Night, whose familiar is the cat. 
Like many witches of her sisterhood, Andorra uses her magic for nocturnal forays through the city. She embraces life and isn't averse to an occasional romantic fling. Unlike other witches, she is a child of the city. Her knowledge of the wilderness is better than that of most other t town people. Hmm. Uh, a little better than ha that of the most other town people. Yeah. So, kind of like a city witch. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the other ones listed here are all just like different animal witches and other, other things. Interesting. Oh, we find uh, until you scroll down far enough, and you get uh, black mage and uh, gray mage, guildless mage, mm -hmm. white mage. I'm gonna say guildless mage could also be an option. Not as on the spot as cat mage, but the description for guildless mage is not all mages are trained in an academy. Uh, some receive private instruction from one or two masters, and even though mo most mages in Aventuria belong to one of the guilds. One may occasionally encounter a guideless, um, which it depends on if we want our cat to split off from their magic user, uh, or if we want them to be an integral character in our cat's lore. Here's the thing. The cat witch is part of, the witches are part of sisterhoods, right? Mm -hmm. Like they, the familiar is the same familiar for the entire sisterhood. Ah. I think is the idea. So it's not well let let me uh let me just double check this. Uh okay, according to this, yes, the it looks like the whole sisterhood has the has the one familiar. Ah, okay. Oh, wait, no, no. They're associated with one particular type of familiar. So that they each do have their own cat. Okay, good. So we could do that, but I kind of think the guildless mage makes a little more sense because if we want to say that we're playing as the cat, mm -hmm. as the familiar who has picked up a few things from its master, then its master could be a cat, witch. its master could be a cat, witch. but the cat itself, I think with its, with the idea of the one-on-one -on -one tutelage makes more sense played as a, a guildless mage. I, I think so too. Because the more we read on the cat witch, it just it seemed like you'd have to make an extra character to also play the cat, and we, we don't want that. We're right. just making a cat here. Yep. Okay. So. We, you can make whatever assumptions you want about the the witch that trained this cat, but we are focused on the cat. Mm hmm. Guildless mage. You prof this is profession, right? Yes. Okay. Got that locked into our character sheet. All right, now let me go back to uh, earlier in the book where the uh, the profession description is so that I can make sure of some things. Uh, heroes must choose professions that suit, suit their cultural backgrounds because some cultures do not teach certain professions and some professions are all but of, unheard of in certain cultures. For example, elves rarely if ever become guild mages. Jarlings have no concept of knighthood and the midden realm produce few tribal warriors. Exceptions would need the GM's permission. We're not using those. So, as a magic user, we need the advantage spellcaster, which we'll get to when we're deciding our advantages. Mm -hmm. Which, if you go back to the guild guildless mage page, you'll see it has like a, a little block that has that information. Yeah. Basically, the profession packages are designed for experienced heroes. If you would like to play a hero with a higher EL, use the packages as a starting point and adjust to given values. You must also pay the additional AP. 
Heroes with EL lower than experience can also use the packages as a starting point, but should reduce some of the skill ratings and the package costs appropriately. The Guildless Mage package is 237 adventure points. Yes. We could just use it as is. Uh, we wouldn't be left with nearly as many points left over. Um, and if we're saying that we're playing as an inexperienced cat, then it might not make sense to just play it straight. Yeah. Because our, our cat's special, you know? Yeah. I don't know that it makes sense for our cat to have a polearms 10 skill. Yeah, no. It's like, I don't know, if we knocked each of the skill values down by to, to half their current value, if possible, mm -hmm. that might give us what we need. Okay. Oh. Or again, we could just use the whole package as is if you're if you're okay with that, because right now it like by default it only really gives us one cantrip to begin with. Uh huh. So that could just be straight up the only spell our cat knows, and everything else then makes sense. Yeah, I think that I think that could work just using the package as is. I don't know if there's a way to like remove the polearm skill or technique. If we find out exactly how much uh, Polearms 10 costs, which I'm sure we will when we get to combat techniques, hmm. um, like once we find out how much that costs, we can just reduce the cost of Polearms from that and then uh, take it out, use the rest as is. Yeah, that works. I got 498 left over. Same here. Just under 500. Not doing too bad so far. Yeah. I believe we can start filling this stuff in and... Uh, this will also let us fill in, like, the cultural stuff. Which reminds me, I don't, I don't think we ever, like, added the AP value of the uh, cultural stuff in, because we haven't filled that out yet, even though we kind of decided on a culture. Yeah. So, first off, let's, uh, you know, I'm just going to check real quick. Okay, so Chapter 5 is about cultures. If we want to read up on some of the human cultures and see if we can't find a better fitting thing... Because, like, we just read off the uh, the skills that it recommended for that. We didn't actually read what the uh, the culture was. Mm -hmm. And, again, we don't have to use the culture package. Where is the culture package again? Uh, culture package will be back in character creation step four or five. But anyway, I'm going to go ahead and start reading off the, the culture descriptions, at least the first paragraph of them. Okay. Neighbors of the quarrelsome kingdom of Andergast deride it for being backward, even though the inhabitants of this rough land have strong reputations for being combative and steadfast. Aranian. Arania transformed itself into a unique cultural blend of Middle Realmish and Tulamidian influences after it achieved independence from the Middenrealm. Bornlander. The Bornland is an aristocratic republic in which even a starving noble is thought to be worth more than a whole village of peasants. Cyclopeans. Four main islands and a number of archipelagos are known collectively as the Cyclops Islands, even though the eponymous giants for whom this island chain is named have not been lords of the sea realm for many long years. The Fjarning. The Fjarnings, who call themselves the Frundigar, those protected by Frunu, carry the cold of their homeland in their blood. Uh, they are tough-minded barbarians from the icy northern west wastelands who are interested only in survival. They possess impo imposing physicality and are merciless in pursuit of their customary lifestyle. Horatian Empire is most developed nation in Aventuria and the most important naval and economic power on the continent's west coast. 
Hey, it was a pirate culture. Aha. Right. Okay, now Moraskin, that was the one that we'd kind of talked about doing. Mm-hmm. Mid and Romish settlers and Tumaldis of the tribe Beni Rurik merged 700 years ago and created a colorful and unique blended culture whose faith in the world whose faith in the world's beauty stands in stark relief against its awareness of its own cruelty. You know, there was one up here that like I feel kind of like aesthetically fit with the cat witch. Which one was Iranian? Mm-hmm. So if we're saying we're an apprentice to a cat witch, then Iranian might be a good fit for that. Um, the transform. I yeah, I think that could fit because it just it it sounds like it's kind of like a a cultural hub kind of place. So yeah, it, it makes sense for a a city witch to uh, be located there. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's our. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we should take the culture package because that was one of the ones that had like gambling and carousing. Yeah, we don't need to. So that's uh cleared up a little bit. Now, what were we doing? Uh, oh yeah, you were you were uh, filling in the uh, profession stuff. So that cost uh, two thirty-seven adventure points. Prerequisites: we need the advantage spellcaster. So on your character sheet, you have a list of advantages. Go ahead and type out the uh, spellcaster advantage. Do you see a, a place on your sheet for special abilities and traditions? Yes. Okay. General special abilities. I assume, yeah, that's all right. So you need to put guild, guild or guild mage there. Don't know why that was so hard to say. Awesome. And then special abilities, languages, and literacy totaling twelve AP. I'm wondering if that means like they they want us to pick languages, <laughs> a total like languages and literacy points that we have to spend twelve AP on. Oh. And then binding of the staff. That's still a special ability. Yeah. Okay. I guess we'll find out because there is a uh, somewhere in here there was a language thing. Maybe we'll get more into it in uh, advantages and disadvantages or skills. One of the two. Possibly. Yep. So the skills that you have on your character sheet, I think there's just like a skills page. Yes, it is a lot of stuff. Okay, so under social skills, you have empathy four. Where do I put the four at? I don't know. Just see if you can type it or something. Got it. Hopefully that hopefully that uh, does does what you need. Uh, etiquette two. Okay. Willpower four. Yeah. Nature orienting three. Okay. Um, knowledge geography four. All right. History three. Magic lore five. Ooh, five. Math four. Yeah, is studious. Yep. Myths and Legends 5. Okay. Religions 4. And Sphere Lore 3. This cat knows how to ponder an orb. Go. And then, finally, under Craft, you have an Alchemy of 4. Alright. Okay. Spells. You can choose one cantrip from the list. Firefinger, Hand Warmer, Lucky Fingers, Stay Dry, Ventriloquism, Arm, arm Truts, Full Menictus, Gaze into the Mind, Glow Sphere, Odem, Paralysis, or Penetrazel. Uh, some of these I think we would need to look up what they do, but I think I know which one I would recommend. I think I, I, I know which one I like. You want to say them um, same time? Uh, or? Sure. One, two, three. Stay Fire Dry. Firefinger. Ah, Stay Dry. <laughs> I like Firefinger because it's cool, but Stay Dry does actually... 
work really well for a cat. Yeah. Now, we could just, like, I'm going to go over to Chapter 10, Magic, uh, Spellcasting. Do I get, like, a list of spells here? No, that would be back in Skills. No? One moment. I am looking for the magic. I'm petting my cat as we speak. Genius. <laughs> Give me inspiration. Tell me, tell me your secrets. <laughs> cantrips. Here we go. Rules for cantrips. Fire fingers. A small flame appears about a half inch above your finger and burns for up to five minutes. This cantrip protects the hand from the heat of the flame. Okay. And then, of course, there was stay dry. This cantrip protects you and your clothes from getting wet in rain or snow. You cannot dry wet clothes with stay dry. Ah, you gotta use it beforehand. Yep. The range is self, duration is five minutes, target category, objects, and intelligent creatures, property, elemental. Okay. Are those all things we need to list? Well, I don't know. Does it, like, ask for all that stuff on the character sheet? Uh, it says spell slash ritual, check, SR, cost, casting time, range, duration, property, SA, and effect. There's not, like, a, a cantrip spe uh, section specifically? Mm, oh, there is. Yep. So we can just write that down. Yep. Because I don't think cantrips... I think they work like D&D. &D. They don't actually cost uh, spell points. Well, you're going to want to look at the... Uh... <laughs> the size! <laughs> the size! <laughs> they didn't do these line by line. I had the same issue with uh, the advantages and disadvantages. They're just in the middle. Okay, but at least those are sized yeah. correctly for the line. This auto-sizes, so, like... <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, I don't know. For the stay dry thing, you... Uh, I don't know, then, that you really need to list the other information, because it doesn't look like it asks you for it. No. Just one of those things, like, hey, you have this, you can do it. There you go. Yeah. Um. So, then we get into some suggested advantages and disadvantages. Not necessarily ones we have to. Improved regeneration. I think I think we should uh, pass on the on the suggested advantages. Yeah, because those are I I think the package doesn't cover the advantage. Those are suggestions. They're they're extras. Yeah, I think it will be good to come back to those when we get to our advantages and disadvantages section in the character creation process. Correct. Which step are we on to now, by the way? I think we're on step seven. Uh, let's see. We just chose a profession. Uh, so, yes, we're on to... Hey, what do you know? We're on to choosing advantages and disadvantages. Crazy how that lines up. Yeah, it's almost like they planned it this way. You would think. Advantages and disadvantages are all the strengths and weaknesses that make heroes special, setting them apart from average aventurians and lending personality and individuality. You must, you must spend an AP to buy advantages, while disadvantages give you more AP. The mass maximum number of AP you can invest in advantages or gain from disadvantages is 80 points. That is, you can buy 80 points of advantages and pay them off with 80 points of disadvantages without ever using your AP. Mm. So, uh, you can choose up to 80 points worth of advantages. Okay. Which are, oh, they're actually listed here. Cool. Yeah. Don't have to go digging for that. So uh, let's go ahead and pick our advantages. And again, we already were forced to take um, a Spellcaster. Yes. 
which is where is it? Uh, page forty-eight. Uh, spellcaster prerequisites none. Cost twenty-five AP. So we're already down. I think twenty-five AP, which means we only have what is it? Fifty-five left to spend. Yes. Uh, let's see. What about fox sense? Fox. I know we're a cat, but like it. I'm I'm guessing that that means just like an animalist animalistic sense to begin with and we are literally playing an animal yeah and how much does that cost uh 15 points you're down to 483 total and we have used 40 of our 50 or 40 of our 80 yep you want to give our uh cat luck yeah cats are, cats are pretty lucky that is 30 ap per level so you can only get luck one and then you'll only have 10 points left over for something else if you want it. Uh, yeah, let's do it. Okay. So we get what? one. And if we, do you want to spend your last uh, 10 points here or save them for later? Because I see two more skills that I think would fit. Yeah, I'm looking at one right now that I think would fit pretty well. My... Are you looking at Nimble? Nimble, yeah. What's the other one you're looking at? Internal Clock. Inner, or inner Clock, sorry. It costs mm. 2 AP, and Nimble costs 8 AP. So you can take both of them. I think we can do that. Inner Clock makes sense. Yep, I thought so as well. They know when you haven't fed them on time, at the very least. It's true. There's a... It must come later in the book. It must. It might be part of Chapter 7, uh, which is about advantages and disadvantages in detail. There's a section I'm going to try and uh, find here, because it's... It's got some good uh, advice. Uh, general, maybe it's under uh, general rules. Um, I don't see it. Um, but somewhere in this book, it kind of gives this like thing about disadvantages. If you want to take some disadvantages, uh, basically it tells you not to take it lightly. Yeah. Um, don't just do it to get your AP back. Right. Because any disadvantage you take is going to have mechanical and narrative effects. So, like, if you uh, take the disadvantage annoyed by minor spirits, that's just going to be something that your game master has the ability to throw at you anytime they want. Yeah. E like, here's what it says in the book. Each time the, the uh, spellcaster spends uh, AE, which I'm guessing is related to your magic, Mm -hmm. The player rolls 1d20. If the result is lower than or equal to the amount of AE spent, minor spirits appear and harass the spellcaster. The GM decides what kind of minor spirits appear, depending on the situations. Examples include windbags, which makes the spellcaster's hair blow around, tearlings that sit under the eyes, and fire scuttles, which can heat or burn the spellcaster's possessions. All skill checks suffer a penalty of 1 due to the minor spirit's distraction. So, like, these are, again, they all have, like, mechanical or at least narrative effects and should not be taken as, like, oh, I've, I've just got on my character sheet that I've got bad habits. Because your bad habit probably won't affect you all that much, like, mechanically speaking. But if the rest of your party sees it as a bad habit, <laughs> it will cause problems. That's story-related, not... Mm-hmm. Not, like, annoyed by minor spirits. Okay. So do we want to take any disadvantage? Because we could bring our AP back up, but I didn't see much else that we I could... Think, I think there's a few that kind of make sense. Uh, first off, colorblind. Mm -hmm. 
because cat uh, a a lot of animals at, at the very least are colorblind anyway. So it might just make sense to say that the cat's colorblind, which uh, gives you a bonus two adventure points. It's kind of a cheap one. Okay, we can do that. Um, we could also do the afraid of have it be like afraid of water. You know, why yeah. we have stay dry. I think because we are a tiny creature, maybe decreased arcane power. That would the hero's sense. body can store less arcane energy than other spellcasters. Reduce your AE base stat by one point per level of this disadvantage. And that can go up to, what is that, seven? Yes. Um, so what level do we want to have that at? I don't know. Probably not seven. <laughs> yeah, no. We could do, like, four, maybe? Four seems good. And that gives you bonus two adventure points per level. So if you're taking four, that gives you eight adventure points. And what was the other one that you said you wanted to... Uh, afraid of. Okay. Strong fears affect the hero's actions. The trigger for such fears shouldn't be too uncommon. Examples include fear of blood, magic, spiders, darkness, the sea, heights, open spaces, confined spaces, or the dead and undead. So I think if you want to say your cat's afraid of water, that makes sense. Uh, I'd only do like an afraid of water one. Yeah. uh, And that's worth eight adventure points per level. Okay. Which I think puts you to 461. Alright, All right. next step. Improve abilities. In this step, you activate and improve your hero's skills, spells, and liturgical chants by buying new ability levels with AP. Remember, however, that neither skill, spell, nor chant values may exceed the limits imposed by your hero's EL. So, that is back on page 39. Um, one second, I'm getting there. Uh, that's basically the chart that says we're inexperienced, so our maximum skill value has is 10. We can't have any skill that exceeds a value of 10. Gotcha. Improve skills by making use of the improvement chart. Every skill has a corresponding improvement that governs its improvement cost, as shown in the improvement chart. To improve a specific skill, cross-reference its improvement class with the desired skill rating on the improvement chart to obtain the improvement cost in AP. Improving class A skills is cheap, but improving class D skills can get really expensive. If we want to add, say one point in climbing it's a b skill or b tier so it right. would cost us two to, yeah uh up up to 12 a b tier skill would cost two mm-hmm. uh, past that it would cost three no four sorry i was yeah. reading the wrong way past that it would cost four then six then eight ten twelve fourteen you get the idea what skills do you have and what skills do you think you should take because right now I know you have some skill points already just from your package. Yeah. So currently we have Empathy 4, Etiquette 2, Streetwise 4, or not Streetwise, Willpower 4, um, Orienting 3, Geography 4, History 3, Magical Lore 5, Math 4, Myths and Legends 5, Religions 4, and Sphere Lore, uh, and Alchemy um, 4, sorry. Last yeah. Me. I think, uh, we don't have any physical skills, but I think as a cat, we would have some physical skills, right? Yeah, because, like I said, I was thinking climbing, we would definitely want at least some points in Uh, Yeah, of course. Um, and, uh, it, it looks like, uh, gaining a skill requires an activation to zero, which also costs two points for, uh, like, climbing's B tier, right? Yes. 
Okay, so it would cost two points to activate, and then another two points per level. Right. So what what level do we want to have this at? Uh, the max you can have is ten. I don't know that cats are level ten climbers. No. They're pretty good though. I think what's the highest that we got from profession five? Yeah. I think maybe climbing five sounds good. So that's uh two for activation. Twelve points. Twelve points. Brings us. Let me keep a look. Makes sense. To four forty nine. Um. See what others. Uh, dancing, feet of strength, flying, Gal Kelly. Uh, perception. Uh, perception. Probably a good one to put some points in. Oh yeah. It is a D tier skill. Oh, that's that's one of the expensive ones. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. Uh, do you want to put fewer points into it, or we've got plenty of points left over if you want to invest it up to at least five as well. I think we could do five because it makes sense. So that's four to activate and then an, an additional four per level, uh, which I think is 24 in total. Correct. Uh, so we are down to 425. Okay. Max for our total APs. Yep. I think the cat should have stealth. I was about to say that too. Yeah, stealth is C-tier skill. Which means three to activate and then three per level. Do we want to do like a four stealth maybe? Or yeah. We want to do Yeah, that makes high? sense. And again, we can go up to 10. So swimming. Definitely not swimming. We're afraid of water. <laughs> no, just a, a 10 in swimming. We just have a major disadvantage on it. <laughs> um, let's see. So social skills. Disguise. Eh. Mm. Fast talk. Can't even talk. Um, intimidation. Eh. Eh. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure about intimidation. I'm not super keen on any of the social skills, to be honest. Because, like, other than the ones I've listed so far, we have persuasion, seduction, and streetwise. So let's let's just go ahead and move on. Animal lore. How much how much lore does this cat know about other animals? I don't I don't know. I don't know that it would know. Uh, Besides, like, you know what? I take that back. If it hunts anything, then it has at least one point in it. I would okay. say. Do we want to just... I, I, you agree with that? Yeah, let's just dump one for the sake of saying that we know we know something. We've got some All right, so that's So what rating is uh, Animal Lore? Uh, Animal Lore is C. Alright, so that's three to activate and then three for the level, so that's six points in total. Four. Uh, oh, we're out of points. We're out of points? Yeah, I can't find our points. You mean you can't find our points? I mean, they're, they're not found. Oh, oh no. We've lost them. Um, well, let's try to make some more with our non-existent points. Maybe they'll show back yeah, up. Maybe. Let's see. Plant lore? Can't imagine Cat knowing much about plants. I don't think so. Um, ropes? No. Um, no. <laughs> survival and tracking, though. Yes. So, survival is... Is that E? Uh, that's C. C, okay. How many points do you want to put into survival? Uh, I think, I think uh, survival and tracking are probably things that a cat is very highly rated in. Mm-hmm. What do we think about doing like eight for survival and then like six for tracking? I think that makes sense. Okay. Those are so, gonna... uh, those are both C, right? Yes, those are both C. 356. Oh, hey, there's our points. Yeah, they're, they're found back. again. What do you know? Took a little, took a little time. <laughs> Yep. Uh, okay, knowledge yes, so. skills. Astronomy. 
no <laughs> gambling <laughs> definitely not we've already we've already shot down gambling yeah lol mm. does no. our cat have i don't know that our cat has a sense of the laws of the land okay okay what about the law of nature <laughs> uh the rules of nature uh, okay you know what that one's on me <laughs> uh mechanics probably not probably not and then warfare god i hope not <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i don't think this is a war cat um uh, okay craft skills alchemy we already have a four in uh artistic yep. ability eh. eh i don't think any of these honestly so we have artistic ability cloth work cloth working um commerce and driving i don't know about you but i've never met a cat <laughs> with a license yeah i okay in this case though driving is probably referencing like a horse-drawn carriage yeah i still don't think a cat would have any points in that <laughs> no um and then earthen craft these are all things that basically require hands to do hmm. leather working now, metal working now uh this is where uh treat poison is and we had talked about giving our cat treat poison before because mm -hmm. it was related to a cultural skill that we were considering mm -hmm. so but we, we ended up not going with that culture correct but well, we, we could, could still do it we could do yeah treat disease treat poison treat soul or treat wounds um well you could say that uh being around a cat is treatment for the soul that's true do we want to put like two <laughs> points in the treat soul yeah sure why not all right uh so that's a b skill so six two to points. activate and you took two levels so that's to, uh six in total we're at 350 all right, and I do think uh, treat poison. We should do treat poison, just uh, because we were going to anyway. Yeah. Do we want to put that as the two that it was when we saw it? Yeah. Okay. Uh, same thing. So six more. Now, uh, one other thing we have we have quite a few points left over, and by this point in the character creation process, uh, the sample characters that we're supposed to be following along with. If you're reading the book, then it's got people mm -hmm. working on this the the they're at like 54 197 and 247 so we're we've got a lot of points left over we might need to backtrack to this point but for now i say we move on to step nine thank you for listening to one of our first recordings of how to make a literal cat in your favorite rpg these episodes were recorded before we had certain information nailed down so some of it might be missing or inaccurate under normal circumstances, we try and discuss this information in episode, but for the record, Joel Holland, me, is on social media and publishing sites with the username Denalo Lioge. I understand that you might not guess how to spell or pronounce that, so you can go to jholland.start.page, linked in the show notes, to access all of those links at once. Austin Irwin has recently changed his username on most social media sites from Redhead Warlock to Avalon Alchemist. He's active on Twitter, Twitch, and TikTok under the new name. If you have a specific type of cat you'd like to see, you can email us at literalcatpod at gmail.com to recommend games, suggest character concepts and prompts, or to request collaborations, guest spots, or other business inquiries. Follow us on Twitter and Tumblr at literalcatpod to receive updates, ask questions, and of course, don't forget to leave a review on the listening service of your choice. 
If you want us to see it, though, I highly recommend leaving a review on Podchaser. Finally, you can grab all the character sheets at bit.ly slash literalcatpod. Following that link will take you to a Dropbox folder containing every character sheet from every episode. Once again, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye.